In these 16 names, the entire Vedic scriptures are contained. Genuine, pure devotional substance in the kirtan in order for the kirtan to actually be successful. Remember. By practical experience also, we can perceive that by chanting this Maha Mantra or the great chanting for deliverance, one can at once feel transcendental ecstasy from the spiritual status. The main focus, the Mukya Dharma of every Jiva in this age of Kali, particularly, and it is also the Nitya Dharma of every Jiva, the Jaiva Dharma of every soul, is to perform Nam Sankirtan. Haribol, dear Kirtaniyas, long time no hear. You're listening to episode number 24 of the 24-hour Kirtan podcast, recorded on August the 28th, 2016, and I'm your host, Nandikishore Das. guys been up to this summer or winter if you're located in the southern hemisphere any great kirtan experiences you'd like to share with us we'd love to hear from local kirtan events please get in touch through our social media channels or by email 
We even have a voice recorder on our website, so if you feel like sharing, please don't be shy and send us a couple of sentences or words even about your last Kirtan experience or simply repeat our 24-hour Kirtan radio jingle, which sounds like this. Haribo, this is Jagatam from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you're listening to 24-hour Kirtan radio. This is Ganesham Das from Mumbai. This is Kalindi. I'm from Switzerland. Haribol, this is Gaurav from Vrindavan. This is Sachinandan from Vrindavan. This is Manish Kumar from Ottawa. This is Dayalu Das from Wales. Haribol, this is Nimai Pandidas from Los Angeles, California. This is Dr. Shantanu from Mayapur Dham. This is Nilamani Das from Colombia in Vrindavan. This is Lila Prema Devadasi. I'm from Yekaterinburg, Russia. Haribol, this is Sri Satyanarayan Das from Nairobi, Kenya, and you're listening to 24-Hour Kirtan Radio. This is Damodar Shandas from New Delhi, India. This is Nikunj Leela Devi Dasi from Mumbai, India. This is Radha from Italy. This is Jordan from Chicago. This is Lo Patel from Canada. This is Pandavasaka Das from Russia. This is Ranganayake from St. Petersburg. This is Sachi. From Vrindavan. This is Amala Harinam Das from Vrindavan Dam. Hare Krishna, this is Vrindavan Das, and you're listening to 24hourkirtan.fm. This episode includes a quick review of this week's Zurich Janmasami Festival and will then proceed straight to an amazing one-and-a-half-hour recording of a very energetic discussion I had with Gopal Prabhu about Aindra Prabhu this spring in Sri Vrindavan Dam. The rare video footage mentioned by Gopal with Aindra dancing to the kirtan of Niranjana Swami and then doing kirtan himself is linked in the show notes. On Thursday, the Swiss devotee community celebrated its colorful Janmasami festival at the Zurich Temple, which is the largest festival at New Jaganapuri Dam, with usually over 1,000 visitors. There were two stages with a cultural program by Sogandika Krishnan and his crew, as well as a two-hour Mahabharat theater performance by the Swiss devotees and an Abhishek bathing ceremony of the beautiful festival deities of Sri Sri Labha Gopinath. Lots of kirtan was performed by members of the Young Swiss Krishna Society and Premahara from New York took the main stage with their always inspiring kirtan performances. The kirtans from the temple were broadcasted live on Mayapur TV with performances by Ujashvi, Madhava and other kirtaniyas. Together with my son Keshava and my daughter Sophia Ananda, I set up a little 24-hour kirtan radio booth in front of the temple playing kirtan from the internet radio station and talking to guests and old friends about the project. I will add pictures of the booth and the festival in general to this episode's show notes and blog post. If you're interested in setting up a similar booth at a kirtan festival anywhere in the world, please get in touch. All you need is a small table and a smartphone which can play 24-hour kirtan radio, maybe connected to an extra loudspeaker. We can send you 24-hour Kirtan Radio merchandise like flyers and a banner to almost anywhere in the world.
So without further ado, please relish this amazing interview which will not only reveal why Indra started producing Kirtan albums in Brindavan and Delhi and almost went to Germany in the 90s to join Gadadar's spiritual Skyliner bus, but also how he jokingly put on a gas mask to get ready for the first ride to the polluted capital of Delhi. talk to you about Ayindra Prabhu, okay. but I also wanted to ask you a couple of personal questions, um, just some very basic things, and then... You started recording it? Yeah, I already okay. started, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's great that I now have the, finally the possibility to speak to you. Last time we spoke, it was one year ago, um, we were in Ayindra's room, okay. and you were doing... You were bringing the deities to bed, and you were also talking about Indra and about the deities, and it was very inspiring. And unfortunately, I didn't have a recording device wow. back then. Uh, I think I didn't even have that one. So, yeah, I'm very thankful for this opportunity. Um, so, to start off, please uh, quickly introduce yourself. My name is Gopal Das. I'm just a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> just a Murdanga player. Um, parents are Srila Prabhupada disciples. And grew up in Iskon, went to Gurukul in Iskon. And spent some time in Gurukul in Mayapur. And then I came to Vrindavan to study Bhakti Sastri with a VIG. You know, doing courses. Mm -hmm. Of course, I had met Ayindra before that. I met Ayindra Prabhu when I was nine years old. That was my first Ayindra Prabhu Kirtan, 1989. I come to Vrindavan with my father and my brother. And that was the first time I saw him doing Kirtan. And it was him and another man, two men, Ayindra playing Murdanga and leading Kirtan, and another man responding and playing cartels. Two-man shift in the morning. But when I heard his kirtan at the age of nine, it was like this transcendental sound vibration went into my ear and then penetrated straight into my heart. And I thought, my experience of that kirtan, hearing that sound vibration was like nothing I'd ever heard. I'd been in a lot of kirtans as a child with all kinds of devotees from all over the world. But when I heard that kirtan, I immediately remember, still till today, from the age of nine, hearing that kirtan, thinking, what is that sound vibration that is so different than any other sound vibration of the same holy name that I've, I'd heard before, but it's sounding so different. And it's penetrating my heart from this devotee chanting. And he had his eyes shut, and he was playing. Like that. But I didn't get to see him again until 
was maybe 17 years old. 17 years old. And then I was flashed back to a childhood immediately. Oh, this is that same devotee. This is that same person. Didn't really register in the beginning because he was not leading the, that kirtan. Ranjan Swami was leading a kirtan at Karti. It's actually on YouTube. I can show you it. It's called Aindra Dance. Somebody filmed it okay. with a home camera in 97 Karti. And it's in that kirtan that I, I, I realized it's the same person that I saw when I was nine years old. I can find that just yeah. by Aindra Yeah, I can Dance. show you after. Yeah, I'll find it and link it also in the this episode. That was a beautiful Kartik. It was really sweet. Vrindavan wasn't as built up. There wasn't as many people coming here. There wasn't so much traffic problems. and It was just a really, I remember being a really sweet Kartik. There were a few visiting devotees, not that many. But it was like all the different departments of Krishna Balamandir, the Pujari department, the MBT, the Gurukul department, all the different departments of the temple it's, you know it's a community it's a small community in temple and there's, and there's a lot going on everybody has different services but when it was Kartik everybody came together and chanted and danced together every evening every evening for that one month so with 17 this was around 99 or no I, my first that was 97 oh, right. Kartik I remember yeah, I'm just trying to like put the year, the historical years. I'll have to like dig into my memory a bit more to get the chronological flow. But yeah, it was 97 Kartik. I'm 36 now, so it's 2015, 16. <laughs> That's another thing. You live in Vrindavan as a brahmachari with Indra Prabhu. I was like. This is blissful. It's so blissful and ecstatically being engaged in devotional service. I didn't know what day it was. I didn't know what month it was. And I kind of thought I knew what year it was. And I had an idea of kind of like a speculative idea of what time it was, maybe sometimes. But it was just, you just go into this realm of devotional service, of full absorption. Just, it blurs. Time doesn't register. Days, weeks, months. And that's when I kind of understood, in the Vedic system, it's all seasonal. <laughs> this is the mantra Chaitra, you know, which is, you know, April, May. It's Vashant, it's springtime. It wasn't like, you know, like the Western solar calendar gets right into the days. And, that's also there in the Vedic calendar, but, you know, in general, for the general people, it was just kind of, okay, yeah, it's kind of like springtime now. And then it's like the Vedic months are broken up into two month sections, kind of overlapping each other, kind of thing. It's interesting. So, yeah, it was just all blurring. And just because of just being transcendentally absorbed in devotional service. So, you, that's when you stayed already? I came in 97 Kartik. That was my first Kartik. I haven't missed one since. And. Then I would, at that time, when I met Ayendra Prabhu, I had come in 97 January, actually, to do studies with the VIG, and gone to the Mayapur Festival and come back to Vrindavan. But, of course, there were parikramas and other festivities going around. 
and I didn't know about him so much. I'd heard about him. I'd done service in the Gurukul also. A little bit of service in the Gurukul. Because the VIG was in the Gurukul building and I was staying with the Gurukul boys, the older boys. And they mentioned about him, but I never got time to sit in his kirtan as such. And then I would leave after the Vrindavan festival and go back to the Western countries, preaching programs, etc. Come back in Kartik, after Kartik leave. And I was doing that 97, 98, and by 99 I was like, this is getting too expensive. I couldn't afford to keep on coming twice a year to Vrindavan and Mayapur. And so I just concluded in 99, 1999 summer, I'm going to India on a one-way ticket, and that's it. I think I met you probably before you went. Yes, in Zurich. In Zurich. I came with my guru Maharaj. Yeah. And also in Doha. Yes, correct. In that's one, right. I remember. Festival. Yes. I remember you I, playing I was serving in Djembe. Yes. In a big street, Harinam, in France. Yes. We did a huge Harinam procession in the local town. I remember that. I was serving my guru Maharaj. That was my last summer in, in Europe. Then. A week before Janmasmi, I bought a one-way ticket and I came to Vrindavan and I lost my, my money on the way to the airport. So it was like Krishna was really testing me at the airport, I had to make a decision. Do I just miss this flight or change the date because I don't have any money? And I said, alright, I don't care, whatever it takes, I'm going to Vrindavan. I landed in Delhi without a single penny, zero, nothing. I had to loan money from someone to pay the taxi. and. And then I just moved into the Gurukul Ashram. I was an assistant ashram teacher from basically Janmashtami, 99 straight through to 2000, end of, end, of Feb, uh, end of March. From Janmashtami straight through to the end of March. I was an assistant Gurukul teacher. But that Janmashtami, Ayendra Prabhu, like really just full scale brought me into the core of the Kirtan party. I mean, I've been associating with him and the Kirtan group intimately since 97 Kartik, I would say. And you also played Murdanga since 97? I started picking up and playing the Murdanga in 96, Prabhupada Centennial. I, I never studied Murdanga in Gurukul. I didn't have an interest somehow. I had interest in other things. But then somehow in 96, Srila Prabhupada Centennial was engaging in a lot of different preaching programs in East Africa and South Africa. And then of course came to Mayapur, India in 97 spring. And then I started to get into Madanga a little bit more. Jamastami was when it was like, okay, now I've made a commitment and I'm not leaving. And I got service here and I'm going to stay here like that. There's even some video footage somewhere of Ayendra Prabhu that Jamastami. It was quite amazing. He asked me to bring my little djembe. I had a small size djembe. And because I knew Murdanga, I would play Murdanga beats on the djembe not to override the Murdanga, to complement the Murdanga. Did you also sometimes play with sticks on the djembe? Yeah, yeah, I was using a stick. That was you, right? Yeah. I remember some recordings softly with yes. sticks on the djembe, yes. which really drove the kirtan very nicely. I have some f photographs of a boat festival where I'm playing djembe with a stick. 
So then I was just doing Gurukul service, assistant ashram teacher and sports teacher. And any free moment I had, I would come and do kirtan. And I was engaging and doing a lot of kirtan with the other kirtan men. Because it wasn't that... Gen actually, that time I would do kirtan, I was doing my service in the Gurukul. But whenever there was a gap and I had some free hours, I'd immediately go and do kirtan. And then the other kirtan men were telling I grew oh, you know, there's this, boy, this devotee, he's coming and helping out consistently every day, every day. And it was like, they recognized that after months. And then, so there was kind of like some understanding already from I grew that I was showing interest in the department. And then in 2000, after the Mayapur festival, I was serving my Guru Maharaj during the Mayapur festival and we came to Vrindavan. After the meetings, he came to Vrindavan and I took second initiation and he told me to put on saffron. He gave me second initiation, he gave me his own cloth to put on saffron. And then I, after he left, I went up to the Brahmachari Ashram and knocked on Ayanar from his door, paid my business to his feet and I said I'm ready to join this department and fully surrender. Lokanath Swami is your Guru Maharaj? No, Bhakti Chirta Swami. Ah, Chirta Swami. I'd like to say that Lokanath Swami is kind of like a kirtan guru. He has so many different gurus in the 11th canto it's described. You know, even elements of, the, of nature can be taken as the guru of the mountains. And, yeah, so we have so many different gurus that we take inspiration from. So that march, I was surrendering to Ayanapur in the Kirtan party. And my very first service with him was that he would drive to Delhi in an ambassador to pick up his cassette recordings, Vrindavan Mellows, those cassettes, to have them reproduced in Delhi at a, some kind of facility that some man had a copying facility. And he was going to bring them back for the festival. The festival means after Gorpanima, everyone was... This was like a week before Gorpanima. So he told me, he said, I've got about 10 days to get this work together, to have some cassettes available for the visiting devotees. And so he'd come out his room wearing a gas mask, a US military gas mask. <laughs> and he painted tilak on it. And he, got, he came out like, you know, Varaha Dave is here. Like he was being very comical about it and running around the Brahmachari Ashram creating a bit of a scene with the men the Kirtan men and, and, and he's like here's the Vrindavan hog <laughs> just like joking around and I'm like what's with the gas mask Prabhu? he says yeah I'm going to Delhi you need a gas mask I'm going to go to Delhi it's, it's so polluted this is in 2000 16 years ago and still today Delhi is the most polluted city on planet earth there's no other city in the world that is as polluted as Delhi and that was 16 years ago so he said who wants to come to Delhi and nobody wanted to go not because of pollution or whatever they had their services or whatever so I thought well here's a great opportunity to spend a whole day with this devotee and you know make him understand my intentions very clear so I jumped in this ambassador with him and we drove off to Delhi and he wore this gas mask 
Like, no, I'm serious, for real. He wore the gas mask the whole way into Delhi. And, you know, people would be driving past the ambassador and they'd be like looking and like, what is going on in the back of this car? And then I think he took it off once we got to this place. It was an old Delhi. And it was some retro, like something that came out of the 70s setup with some old Indian man, gentleman. He had like the magnetic tape reels and a machine that would just copy from one master cassette onto reels and reels of, of this magnetic tape and then it cut it with scissors and use a sellotape to sellotape it, you know, onto the spindle thing and then with a screwdriver close the cassette and there was the cassette, Brindavan Mellows. It was like, you know, like all the elements were broken down and there it was. And he would just hand Iandra these boxes of spindles. And, you know, he said, Prabhu, I'm sorry, I don't have my worker guy here. You're going to have to just put the screws in yourself and close the cassettes in Vrindavan. <laughs> I took one look at that setup and, you know, I didn't really say anything until we got in the car. I think, well, actually, no. The man went back to his go down to get more of the stock and I said Prabhu you gotta stop this operation this is like ridiculous you can upgrade to better technology these days you know this is not I couldn't believe this thing and then so he kind of like you know understood what I was saying and then when the man came back then he just kind of paid him and just concluded his services with him he took the stock and when he came back to Rindavan and you know, he put these cassettes together all by hand you know, Ayindra Prabhu made those, the original cassettes, he did all the artwork with his own hand. It's a leaf plate with a, with a cut, hand cut, like an arts and crafts thing or something. Like, cut out a picture of Radha Krishna from some calendar or a poster or whatever, wherever, I don't know where those pictures came from. I think it was part of a postcard set. And he, and he like, cut that in a circle, put that on the leaf plate, and hand wrote with tilak. Vrindavan Mellows and then somebody took a photograph of that and they took the negative to a printer and then they reproduced that was the cassette cover I have you know I have those original things I found the original leaf plate cut out and everything I have that somewhere he did it all by hand and then there was still some work pending you know he had to go up and down to Delhi but he didn't like the trip because the pollution would disturb his vocal cords and he couldn't sing properly. He'd get strep throat, he'd get a sore throat, he couldn't sing because the pollution would damage. Any kind of smoke affects the vocal box, actually, according to medical science. And so I volunteered. I said, Prabhu, I'll be happy to go to Delhi and do your work for him. So for a week straight, I would leave at 6 a.m. and come back at 6 p.m. and leave the next day at 6 a.m. and come back at 6 p.m. And each day it would be like the next assignment, the next assignment, the next project, the next project. And I remember, I remember Ram Roy Prabhu expressing to me, you know, like his, like his appreciation of how I was helping Ayendra Prabhu. But he was expressing that in front of Ayendra Prabhu. Like I guess Ayendra Prabhu had seen a lot of action in India over his years, so he was like, Maybe he's still trying to figure out my intention. 
Like, why am I so motivated? Or I just wanted to surf. And then I guess the festival came, and we had the, the next festival, which is Ram Nomi, which is the anniversary of Krishna Balaram in the temple. And that was installed. The deities were installed. And, and then things kind of quieted down, and the summer kicked in, and the heat came. And I just got into my service. This was your first summer also in Vrindavan? No, I'd come... Uh, 99 was my first summer. There's like two summers in Vrindavan. Very interesting seasons. Let's start with January. So you, so you got Kartik ends, okay? And then it's... When Kartik ends, the weather changes. And everybody gets sick. You know when the weather changes, you get like a flu, the body has to adjust. And then it's cold. But it's not severely cold until January. And then January, it's severely, brutally cold in Vrindavan because of the fog comes in and the, all the buildings, there's no proper insulation. And then comes spring in February and March. And then spring is divided in two. There's like the spring season closer to the winter, so it's still kind of cold, but the sun's coming and it's getting warmer. And then there's like a second spring, which is now the end of March into April as it's heating up but it's still kind of spring because it's still a little chilly in the morning and then by May it's full-blown summer there's no more chill in the morning and it's proper hot and it's proper desert dry heat kicking in at 42 Celsius going up to 45 and dropping down to 40 sometimes 37 at night it's fully punishing heat dry dry desert heat and then that builds up till June and then the rains come. It's supposed to be the monsoon comes in July. And then July, August, September, October, November. You know, it's supposed to be the rainy season, Chakramas. But really, the rains come and go. So it's like another second summer. They even call that like a second summer, July, August. September, the weather breaks a little bit. The, the summer heat kind of reduces. And you can tell that it's, it's slowly moving towards kind of that autumn season, but it's not fully autumn yet until you know, October. And then so like half of September, October is really nice. And then November, the cold starts creeping in again. So it's like the weather changes. You get about six weather changes and everybody gets sick. Your body is never allowed to just adjust to a specific weather format okay it's just gonna be cold now for the next five months and then you're gonna have maybe one or two months of spring and then it's gonna be nice and pleasantly warm for the summer and then again in September it's gonna kind of be autumn you know how the European weather system works or not no. it's not like that here it's completely different so the body is being constantly challenged it's very punishing on the body and I mean I Prabhu spent 24 years here and he'd seen every disease he could get in, in Vrindavan. He, he never left uh, India, only to, to go to Mayapur, I think he left. No, Vrindavan. he left, uh, I have his passport, he left in 93, I believe. Again, maybe 96, I think, twice to get two five-year visas. Oh. And, but he left to go to Nepal, because he could, you know, it's actually all considered Bharat Varsha. There's actually no real border for Indians and Nepalis. Nepalis can enter India and Indians can walk right into Nepal because it's just, you can just show a driving license. It's like, you don't even need a passport to do that. 
So right. it's kind of like considered, it's its own country, but it's, India has a very, it's, it's all part of the Vedic kingdom. So he went up to Nepal to get his visas. Yeah. But that's when he got some shalagrams. Like that, and then came back. It's quite a miracle that he got five-year visas. They don't issue five-year visas in Kathmandu, but somehow he got it twice. And then after proving that he lived consistently 10 years continuous in India, he applied for citizenship. Which then was granted? That took some time, but he got it eventually, yeah. His, his application was under process, pros pros processing, and while it was processing, then the, uh, they would you know, grant him another year residency while that was processing. I heard someone say that he had plans to go to Germany. <laughs> yes, that is correct, and I asked him about that. Um, so, Kadambakanana Rasaparayana Adhikari was the temple president, who's now known as Kadambakanana Swami. He was a married man. He was the temple president. Yeah, and so he one day, I can't remember the exact year, it might have been in the mid 90s. According to what I kind of remember Ayanjali was telling me, he called a head of department meeting. You know, Mukunda Dr. came, the head Pujari, all the different departments came. And Kadama Khan is this, you know, temple president. He says, So I've decided the temple is no longer going to fund any department at all. It is now the responsibility of each department head to financially manage their own departments. And Ayanjali was like, What? Are you serious? You know, Srila Prabhupada gave three instructions that must always be upheld in Vrindavan. High standard of deity worship for Krishna Balaram, Radhisham Sunda, and Gornitai. Free prasadam distribution and 24-hour kirtan. Everybody's going to give money towards free food distribution. And naturally, people are inclined to put money in the donation box. The deities. You know, they're taking care of. There's enough money flowing through the DD problem. But nobody was supporting the 24 Kirtan. I believe at some point in time, Ayanar Prabhu told me that his godbrother Abhi Ram Prabhu, who's also supporting and helping Ram Roy in New York now, had supported Ayanar for a period of time with quite reasonable donations mm. to the department. So then Ayanar had to figure it out. And Kadamakanana Rasaprayana Adhikari was like, figure it out. I can give you some ideas. Why don't you consider recording your kirtans? And record your kirtans and make cassettes and distribute them. And that's how you're going to get some Lakshmi. But he had, a, he had contact with Sachinandan Swami. He had heard about the spiritual skyline bus party. And he, there was some kind of communication, I don't know the details of it, between both of them. That he was willing to go to Germany and be part of that kirtan party and do sankirtan to raise funds for his 24 kirtan department. There was a communication, you have to ask Sachinanda Maharaj about it. I don't know what the response was or the dialogue. I don't know I think those was details. A, was his disciple, Sachinanda Swami's disciple? Kadada? Kadada, who, who ran the bus. Yes, uh, he was, may he ask him, he might ask him. I was uh, on that bus twice, I organized a program at my university in Germany. And he came with the bus, 
but I think it wasn't the original Skyliner, which was like a huge one. It was a smaller one, which they had a little later. Einzel Peru was half German. It's part German, part Irish. Descent. Irish-American Irish and German-American. Physical body. Descent. But he was born in the U.S. That didn't work out. For whatever reasons. And, but he was, he made that proposal. That he wanted to, you know, to raise funds. He was brainstorming how to figure out how to create enough Lakshmi flow to keep his party going. Because it wasn't just like, okay, we need some money for the instruments. And we need some money for the medical and, you know. Do you remember the original Vrindavan Mello cassettes? There's an inlay card that folds out. And I, I, I can read you what he says. In that inlay card. May this cassette serve to remind you of Vrindavan, the perfect place to lead a spiritually progressive life. It is the home of Lord Krishna as well as the home of His pure devotee who, who knows the meaning of unalloyed devotion. In this dark age of quarrel, such rarely achieved devotional self-realization and God consciousness, Krishna consciousness, are greatly facilitated by the natural and yet superb method of singing these sweet names of the Lord congregationally. Always live in Vrindavan. At least mentally. And happily absorb your thoughts in the delightful pastimes of Krishna by constantly chanting Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare. Thank you for helping. So it's like it folds out in three sections and the middle section says, Thank you for helping. Krishna Bar Mandir's 24-hour kirtan was inaugurated and is sustained by the express will of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Its purpose is to help generate a pure, spiritually surcharged atmosphere to strengthen everyone's commitment to advancement in devotional life. Golok Premadan Harinam Sankirtan Our real goal is Raja Krishna Prema. We are keeping body and soul together to facilitate this aim only. Your kind contributions helps to meet the 16-man Kirtan parties following annual maintenance. And then he breaks down the annual budget, prashadam. See, this is, this is different now than what, what it was for him. Back then, the temple made him pay for prashadam. And the Gurukul made him pay for the Gurukul rooms. In the, the Brahmacharya Ashram is the top floor of the Gurukul building. But the building belongs to the Gurukul. So Ayanjur is having to pay for room rent and prashadam. Prashadam, 20 rupees per day per man. This is back in the mid-90s. Equals 1,16,800 rupees. Room rental, 7,200. Medical, 6,000. Cloth, 12,500. Bedding, 1,000. Supply, soap, toothpaste, etc. 9,000. Travel within India, 8,600. Instrument repair, 5,000. Total, 1,66,100 rupees. As you can see, about 5,000 US dollars is all that we need to maintain the 16-man party for a whole year. This does not take into account 
funds required for the purchase of new equipments. Anyone interested in performing or learning Kali Yuga Dharma Harinam Sankirtan at Sri Vrindavan Dham is accordingly invited to join with us and assist this effort to please His Divine Grace Srila Prabhupada. Your cooperation in any way should be seen as a mutual sorry. Your cooperation in any way should be seen as our mutual spiritual benefit. Jai Rade Sham. Donations by postal money order and all inquiries may be addressed to Ayindra Das, Director, 24 Hour Kirtan, Krishna Bhava Mandir, Ramaradi Vrindavan, Matura District, UP, India. And. Yeah, yeah. Nobody came forward. I asked him once. I mean, I remember reading that. And. Nobody came forward. What did he tell me? He said there was one man that came and gave some small donation. But one day, somewhere in 2000, mid-2000s maybe, I, I remember Ayendra Prabhu doing a bit of a Maha cleanup of his room. And... You know, I came in and he was like, you know, there's just heaps of piles of paper and he was just like going through all of this stuff on his shelf. And, and he said, hey, check this out, Gopal. And he pulls an envelope off his shelf that looked like it'd been there for about over 12 years. I kid you not. <laughs> and there was about 260 UK pounds of postal orders in it. And a little note, with, with a, a man had written a note saying, Dear Prabhu, I got your cassette and I saw, you know, I'd like to sponsor and donate to your department. And he said, UK, he sent UK pound postal orders. And I said he took it to the post office here and they wouldn't cash it. <laughs> it was like a disconnect because, you know, in America, that's how you send money. Yeah. Within, or even internationally, they have some system that the post office honors, you know. Yeah. You pay cash and it's a postal order and then it... So he just left it on the shelf for 12 years. And I said, give me that. Let me see. There's got to be a return address. Oh, yeah, okay. I know where that is in England. I'm going next month. I'll go and take this. I'll go find him. And luckily there was like a stamp on the back of the envelope that said custom inspected. And it had the date. That's how I remember it was like 12 years old. I went and found this nice Gujarati retired Indian gentleman who was getting a pension or some benefit thing from the government. And I kind of like, you know, twisted the truth a little bit. I said, Prabhu, um, uh, we just, I, I just got, I'm kind of like, I'm your Prabhu's assistant, and I just got this letter now. <laughs> it's been stuck in the Indian Postal Service for the last 12 years at the customs office. And he took it right back to the exact same post office that he'd been dealing with his whole life. And he, he told them the story, and they immediately cashed it up and, and gave me the cash, and I gave that to Ayn. And for me, that whole experience, that whole journey with, with him, showed he didn't care about money, actually. Whether the money came or not, he did the yagya. And there was a time when, the, when he was giving the kirtan men handfuls of dirt. He got like a bucket of, of brajraj, of braj earth. That's what the sadhus do. And he was scrubbing himself down with the earth of Vrindavan. And he gave some of the kirtan men this when they asked for soap supplies. He said, well, I got this earth of Vrindavan. 
can use that. And, you know, I think he lost a man or two when he saw that. You know. It was really austere to be on his party. There was no money. A man got sick. Wow. You know, where did that money come from? You know, it was like, it was really austere for a while. He did tell me, though, he had David Kinnandan, who's now in Spain. He would uh, do some programs in Delhi at Life Members' Homes and try to collect some Lakshmi for Ayendra. And I think at one point, Kadamba arranged that the Life Membership collectors in the back of the temple, that Ayendra could have one man there who would also petition the guests for a donation for the Kirtan party. But Vrindavan was an empty place back then. It's not like what it was. It is now. When, when did you first come to Vrindavan? Me? Yeah. Um, 95. <laughs> you remember how quiet it was? Yes. Sir. <laughs> yeah? Even in 2005, 10 years later, it was still quite quiet. It was starting to build up, but, you know. So how much donations he got, you know, it was really difficult. But some people came forward later on to help him. So that's how the cassettes came about. I asked him, I said, why did you, you know, do cassettes and recordings? And he said, because Kadamba, the temple president, told me I've got to start paying for our own bills. The temple can't foot the bill anymore. So he was under some anxiety and pressure for that. Like, you know, he was willing to go to Germany and leave Vrindavan to do kirtan and sankirtan and book distribution and raise funds for the party. And um, l lack of manpower. In the very beginning, as far as I know, it was like Ayendra Prabhu, Nitai Prabhu, Gopinath Prabhu, Nanda Nandan Prabhu, who used to sing for Srila Prabhupada, he's Bengali. Srila Prabhupada's sister, Pishima, stole him from one of the Gaudi Mats, actually. <laughs> Nand, uh, uh, Devaki Nanda, and maybe one other devotee. It was like six men to do 24 hours. And it was something like they were doing each a four-hour shift two times in the day. Gopinath Prabhu told me, he'd do a four-hour shift, then they'd have to go cook the Rajbo, make the offering, and do the RT, come off the altar, and go straight into Kirtan. And then go back on the altar, put the deities to rest, and then have to chant his rounds. And do it all over again the next day. Like these men were doing 12-hour days. Full absorption of seva. Physical seva. It wasn't even enough for Jari's. You know, we've got pictures... I'll show you these pictures here of Ayendra Prabhu. Back in the day, he's, he's managing the department, but he's dressing the deities. He's doing Pujari service. It's not, you know, people don't get it. It's not like, oh yeah, they're just kirtaniers. They just do kirtan all day. No. Ayendra Prabhu would, you know, do kirtan and then do deity worship as well. And study Prabhupada's books and discuss Prabhupada's books and the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. I believe there's a statement, we'll have to research it in the folio, where Srila Prabhupada says, Kirtan should be performed in such a way that you don't have to stop doing Kirtan. So therefore he sits down. Because somehow when we sit down to do Kirtan, the body can go for longer hours. I mean, personally, I know as a Murdunga player, I can go three hours sitting down. You stand me up, you're lucky to get an hour out of me, an hour and a half. It's, it's really physically more challenging. 
but sitting down you can actually go further in terms of time like that so they were doing eight hours of kirtan a day until like in the 90s someone in the VIHE got a computer that had the folio, the Bhaktivedanta database, that used to be called the database. Yeah, and then they did some more research and found out what Srila Prabhupada had actually said to Akshayananda Swami in the conversations. He told Akshayananda Swami, who was the first temple president here, how 24 hour kirtan should function. He wanted it to start at 6 a.m., the first shift. Shift should go in three hour segments, and he wanted exactly 16 men. And then those 60 men were divided by the shifts. And some rotational system is in there. Prabhupada knew the system that's practiced throughout India. It's not just that we do 24 kirtan. It's a standard in India, especially in the north and in Bengal. Many temples, many ashrams do 24 hour kirtan. And he told me, I said, why did it stop from 6 a.m.? It used to be at 6 a.m. And Kurma Rupa Prabhu even told me this. Beloved late Kurma Rupa Prabhu went back from the Godhead, care for cows. He told me that he was in charge of the Guruka boys and that he would bring the Guruka boys down for chop for Mangalarti and then it would be chapa time. And he could see that some kids couldn't have that attention to sit and chant chapa. Some of the Guruka boys. So he would say, Okay, okay, before chapa would stop. Please raise your hand. Who wants to sit and do japa? You have another option. If you don't want to do japa, then you can go over there and sit with my godbrother Ayendra and do kirtan. And so a whole group of boys would sit with Ayendra at 6 a.m. and do kirtan. That was the first shift at 6 a.m. And many of those kids, amazingly enough, became kirtaniers later on in their life. Vishrambara was one of them, that, you know, my brother-in-law, Hari Bhakti, many others. Kirtan Premi? No, he was, he's very young, Kirtan Premi. He, was he wasn't in the group then. It's a whole other, it's an older generation of Kirtaniers. He came inspired by Andrew's Kirtans. Got a taste. So that's the whole point, to get Ruchi, a taste for the Holy Name. But then Ridananda Maharaj, who was like a GBC, Acharya grew at the time. Shut it down. I mean, I'm sorry I'm repeating his name, but that's just the history. He told Ayendra, you know, the devotees are leaving the temple room to go chant in Prabhupada's Samadhi and chant in Prabhupada's house and chant around the temple because you're doing kirtan in the temple room. I need to see all the devotees sitting together chanting their rounds so we can have visible sadhana. Instead of people drifting off here and there and spacing out. So their compromise was the 6.30. And then he said, you know, that went on for some years. And then again, Rudyananda March came a second time and pushed it to 7 o'clock. And it's kind of been at 7 o'clock. And the last year I managed the departments, I pushed it back to 6.30. And now I'm trying to push a decision through that from... Gorpanima to the last day of Kartik, we start Kirtan at 6.30 in the morning. Because if you actually notice, at 6.30 in the morning they start cleaning the temple. And everybody leaves. They come with a hose pipe and 
you know, we sit on the Tulsi stumba, the Tulsi area, so we don't interfere with the cleaning. And we can actually start Kirtan at 6.30 because everybody exits the temple room. Sujit, Kotai. Alibo. Kotai. Alibo. Kotai. Sujit. Alibo. Supposed to be picking up a harmonium, getting it delivered. Today? Right now. He said it's going to come at 8 o'clock. Why is it going at 6 30? That's right. Kirtan Prem is quite new to the scene. I just remember that he also was a Gurukul in. He wasn't in Gurukul in Vrindavan. Was in my Sujit. Kotai, Sujit. Sujit. Up or Dusra Admi. MVT gate man. Haribo. If you listen to Ayanka Prabhu's Kirtan recordings, Praise to the Dust of Brudge, it starts with a bunch of Guru He records Guru kids doing Kirtan. You see the Kirkle kids, right? He recorded them. And then it starts with his Kirtan, you know, this heavy reverb and breakdown. And, and the Murdunga, the Murdunga is breaking down. And it's like peacocks screaming. And it's amazing. And then, he, you know, if you didn't catch the point then, it's a very subtle point. He made it very clear in Vrajavilas. You hear Gurukul kids running around playing, having fun, and then, and then adults laughing, <laughs> and, then, and then, okay, now get serious. So his point is, we've played as children, we've goofed around and played as children, and you know, men still like to be like kids in more of an adult way, and they goof around and play, and laugh and joke around. But now it's time to get serious. We've only got this human form of life one chance. Let's perfect ourselves and go back home God. Okay, now, now let's get serious and starts, starts the kirtan. He had to like make it very clearly pronounced by that time. If you didn't get it, on praise the dust of brudge. For me, I heard that and I was just thinking, yeah, that's the atmosphere Ayindra's in. He's surrounded by all these kids playing and you know, running in between classrooms. It's the Gurukul building. And you know, so that's the atmosphere he's in. He would just implement these sounds of Vrindavan into his kirtans. Of course, mostly the transcendental sounds and the birds and the parrots and the peacocks and the monkeys and the owls. That's not a monkey on Vrindavan Mellow's track one. That's a screeching owl. Oh, really? It almost sounds like a monkey. Yeah, it does. It's a screeching owl, actually. He recorded it from his room? Or no, he would go on these late out. night, early morning, just jungle walks around Vrindavan Forest. Because yeah. there was a forest. Vana. Vrindavana. It was a forest. It actually was a forest. There used to be. I kid you not. You go in the proper memories, you can check it out. Thousands of peacocks here. In the 70s. And even into the 80s. 
And when Krishna Balaram's deities came from Jaipur on the truck in Radha Shamsundar and Gornitai, Bharadraj Prabhu shares the memory. All the devotees were staying in the guest house. And he said, you know, Vrindavan was silent. He didn't hear anything. But, he, you know, you could hear the truck pulling up. And when the truck pulled up and stopped at Prabhupada's gate by Krishna Bharamandir, he said all the peacocks went into concerts. And he said they didn't stop. They continued singing all night. That's what the sounds of Vrindavan were, like coming right out of the spiritual realm. So that, that Ayendra Prabhu, it, that's him going around actually recording live sounds of Vrindavan. Going down in the torrential monsoon rain and recording a frog jumping into the fountain in the Gurukul. In the center park of the Gurukul, there used to be a big fountain back in the day. You know, with some like lilies growing in the fountain and he's like recording that frog. frog. So actually, if you listen to each track in detail, if, you actually, if one actually pays attention and listens clearly to what's going on, it's a masterpiece. It's like looking at a, a Picasso painting, you know? Or, you know, like you live in this art museum and it's just like, wow, the painting's drawing you in and you're going into that scene. So that was Ayanda Prabhu's Kirtan. It was like Nama, Rupa, Guna, Lila. Because his chanting was infused with the pages of the Srimad Bhagavatam and the pages of Chaitanya Charitamrita and the Rasa Sastras. That was manifesting in his chanting. From Nama, chanting purely with attention without committing the ten offenses. We all aspire for that. With Ruchi, with Prema, with love, chanting that, you know, like that. Nama, Rupa, then the form, Guna, Leelas. Pastimes start manifesting. And you know, you listen to those recordings he made. That's what's going on. Rajivilas, you hear the flute playing. Then push, the frog jumping in. I don't know what picture other people are seeing, but I found a, an actual BBT painting and I showed Ayanaru. I said, Is this the one? He's like, You've understood, Gopal. <laughs> There's Krishna sitting by the Yamuna River. There's like a stream trickling past, he's playing his fruit, and there's like a frog jumping off a lotus leaf into the water. He says, that's the picture I'm, I'm seeing when I'm doing this kirtan. And he's, re he's, he's sharing his heart. His kirtan recordings is him sharing what experience he's getting of Vrindavan. Now, why aren't we seeing that? Why aren't we experiencing that? Why aren't devotees getting that taste when they come to Vrindavan? Big question mark. We've got to look at. I got to look at myself. What offenses am I making? What you know? Ten offenses, inattention. You know, like so many things. Am I studying Prophet's books in depth? Are the pages of Chaitanya Charitamrita, Shrima Bhagavatam, Krishna Lila, Krishna book manifesting when I'm chanting? Is that what's within my heart, or the latest movie? You know, the latest downloaded movie, right? So Andrew was very clear in himself. There was no, there was nothing there. It was a sadhu, very transparent. Very clear. And that one perceived in his kirtans. Not just in the recordings. Actually when he did kirtan. That was experienced. There was something way deeper. Way esoteric on a higher level happening during that kirtan. 
you know. I only had the fortune to experience two or three kirtans with him in the 90s, in mm. 98, I think. But it was definitely a different experience. And his, his actual albums that he produced, there was a, an original album that he did that never got released. I think he made five cassettes in his room. It was recorded in Kartik on a Sony professional cassette recorder with on, on chrome tape. I have the actual, I have it, the actual cassette player style recorder. And someone loaned some nice mic equipment. And then he recopied, he recopied them and he tried to put it in the guest house shop and the guest house shop owner listened to it. He said, I can't sell this, but forget it. He gave them back. And those cassettes, I think one went to Sachinanda Maharaj, one went to another god brother and another god brother, but they got copied around. And it, you hear Ayanya Prabhu starting Jaya Shri Krishna, he chants with the Panchatapha Mantra. He starts chanting the Panchatapha Mantra in this very deep, somber mood. I can play it to you, I have the. Just recently, I met the devotee who was helping sound engineer that recordings, and he saved the originals and he gave them to me. I'm ar slowly archiving everything, and then I'm going to release like a, a USB data USB with everything on it. Iandra's first attempt at making his first albums, which includes all the tracks that he never even put on it. There's also, so when Iandra Prue makes an album, you've got you to understand, he's shelved and thrown in the trash can at least, at least five to eight tracks. And he only puts one, the tracks he considers good on the recording. And then the recording's considered garbage and it's thrown away. And then his second attempt was Chintamani Nam. And he said it was beautiful. Very well done. And he had some of the Kirtan men singing falsetto in the background like, like gopi voices. But in India, the sound engineer always thinks he knows better. So he made his master, he sent it to this guy in Delhi, and the guy went and changed all the levels without Ayindra's permission. And he just turned their, the voices up, and you know, he probably listened to it and thought, you know, what is it, this guy doesn't know anything, and he changed all the levels. And then when the boxes of cassettes came and Ayindra listened to it, he was heartbroken. He's an artist. You imagine you send your, your painting, your masterpiece to the framer and then the frame guy starts like messing with your painting and, and like changing the way it looks and then you get the picture back in the frame and you're like, what the hell happened to my picture? I didn't put that bird in there. I didn't put that flower in there. What, you know, like, you know, you just had like a meltdown and he told me he was willing to throw all the boxes, you know, these big cartons in the Jamuna. This was Chintamani This is Chintamani early 90s, double cassette. Cassette one, cassette two, A and B tracks, half an hour on each side, a two hour recording. And he told me that each track almost took him a month to complete. It was so difficult, with very basic analog equipment. And he did all the recordings in Vrindavan. Some in the temple room, some in his room in front of his TV. But somehow someone convinced him just to let it out, and then it got out, and he loved it. So that was his first official album release, Chintamani Nam Part 1 and 2, 
which came in a double cassette wrapped in plastic. There's two cassettes in one. With like a very unusual color, like pink and gold. Like a bright fluorescent pink and gold. And then, I, I don't know, it's like kind of psychedelic. And the picture was of the Temple Domes. I used to have an original good copy of those cassettes. actually in color. pretty much covered through the mid 90s 96 straight through to like 97 and that was a t-log that's gopi chandan it's his own personal handwriting gopi chandan and that's like a cutout and it's a leaf plate see there's the floor behind there you see that <laughs> i don't know the exact years of each album because i wasn't you know but i just remember hearing vrindavan mellows in england in 96 Prabhupada centennial I was washing pots, helping out, wash pots for my mother. My mother used to cook in the kitchen. She used to cook for the DDs, and cooks always need clean pots. And then I had it on a Walkman, and 
someone gave me a copy. You know, everyone in this one copies. So, you know, now in the world, everyone copies. So someone had bought one cassette and then they, you know, they copied it and it just copies of these cassettes were going around all over the place. You know, there's a lot of hiss and that kind of like muddy sound of cassette recordings. But I was like, what is this sound vibration? And I remember later just putting it on a Walkman, you know, being a bit tired after working hard in the kitchen, washing pots, lying down, listening to it. And I was gone to another dimension. I was thinking, I was like, just having this experience, like an astral body planing experience. I'm like, what is this? This is like coming out of the spiritual world. What is this sound vibration? Who are these people? Where are these devotees? Whoever these devotees are, I want to be there. I want to be in that sound vibration where this is happening.
96 that was, but it didn't really happen until almost a year later or something. But you, you don't, I'm telling you, almost every temple played Vrindavan Mellows when those cassettes came out. They were playing them on altars, they were playing them in the kitchens, the Sankirtan devotees. Those cassettes went out. Yeah, we played them in the, in the Sankirtan band. Yeah. We did Harinam, the Bhakta program. We went to different Swiss cities every afternoon. And on the way forth and back, we always listened to Vrindavan Mellows. It just kept devotees on this transcendental plane. But Ahindra didn't get much financial you know, support from that. But even better, and this is his own words to me, he said, even better, which is just to prove that we don't need money to do Samkirtan. It brought men. It brought serious devotees forward who wanted to do Samkirtan. Jagya. Which is better than any money can do. You know, when you have volunteers who are willing to commit their life, you don't need money. Because you got people who are ready to do whatever it takes to get the yagya performed. And so there was a little surge of men that would come and join his party. And, and you were know, inspired by those recordings. Many. I became one of them. Among many. And the Murdunga playing, I was just like, what the hell is this? I had never heard Murdunga playing like that in my life. So Madhava created a, his, his own freestyle. You know, he's got a little bit of some classic basic training in there, but he's freestyling fully. So Madhava, you know, then I started hearing those Vrindavan Mellow cassettes and I started like experimenting that on Madunga and trying to copy that and mimic that. And so I just started to like teach myself by hearing. I never went to a Madunga teacher, ever. Never. No one. I could never, you know, I just figured it out by listening. You know, like they say Hendrix listened on the radio. His dad gave him a guitar for his birthday. And he just listened on the radio and then just figured it out. So I just started figuring it out like that. I wasn't very good though, to be honest. I'm still not very good at all. There's way better Murdunga players I know. But when I came to Murdunga and started playing Murdunga with the Kirtan party, it started improving. And then the lead drummer left the party at a certain point, And Andrew just told me, it's, it's on you now. For whatever it is, for whatever whatever you know you're doing, you gotta just be open to try out newer things and explore newer ideas and take some feedback from me. But it's on you now to do the best you can. And so then I made a I made a, a very assertive effort to please him. You know, back in the day, I never touched Murdunga in Ayurveda's Kirtan. You couldn't go near it. There was just like, you know, this whole ego, like, no, there's the lead drummer, and maybe he's got someone else to play with him, or maybe he's playing solo. Nobody else touches the drum. And if you try to, the guy will just like, you know, rip you to pieces. <laughs> Prabhu, what are you doing? Put that down. No, you're not playing. You don't know what you're doing. It was like this, you know, it's on that video, I Angel Dance. Bhagavad Purana comes in and he just like rips the Murdunga off me and like locks all the Murdungas down and doesn't let... Yeah, you know, because people can ruin the Kirtan actually. They don't know what they're doing. You work so hard to build a momentum and to get to a place and then somebody throws it off the beat. And you can't get it back on the beat. You know what I'm saying? It... Anyway, I just used to play cartels and wampers and gong. I was happy to do that. But when Nitai would come and do Kirtan, I play Murdunga for him, or other Kirtan men. Because there was a lot of ego around around the... There was a bit of prestige. I, I'm an Angus Murdunga player. 
hey, I'm just here to chant Hare Krishna. So by default, I ended up getting involved as this Murdanga player. And then I would record the kirtans every day on an MD recorder, go up to his room and he'd plug in the speakers and we'd listen to it. And he'd say, okay, rewind, go back, rewind it. You know, he's still thinking in cassette terms. So you scroll back and then, you hear that? You hear that? No, don't do that. I don't like that. You're doing that wrong. What I need you to do there is like this. And he just verbally tell me. And then, you know, would let the cassette roll, I mean the recording roll. And then he'd be like, yeah, 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 yes, yes, this is what I want. Great, what you're doing here is perfect. Now, now you could explore some other ideas. You could do a little bit like this or a little bit like that. I don't want tea highs. Too many tea highs ruin my kirtan. What is tea highs? Tea highs is teregeta da, teregeta da, teregeta da. At the end of the Rama Rama Hare Hare. Yeah. You know, this is the last part of the mantra. What a tea high is supposed to indicate is, is the, as far as I remember, the end of the response. Now it's going back to the lead. So everyone please pay attention is what the tea high is supposed to be doing. But actually when a, when a kirtan starts creating a momentum and moving, it can chop the beat down. It can slow the momentum down. And he wanted this driving force. If you listen to his kirtans, it's, it's, it's like a, a steam train pulling off the railway platform. Slowly, but then it's, the train's like steaming ahead at a certain point. But it starts off pretty, you know, the cartel wheels are slowly moving, you know. But then eventually that thing's flying. This kirtan's flying. So like that, Iyengar taught me how to play Murdanga by just listening to our kirtans every day for a good n almost nine months. And then Vrindavan kind of turned up on the scene. That was after Madhava left Vrindavan? So Madhava left in 96 and then there was an Indian Brahmachari, again default Murdanga player called Shamantaka. He's in that video, Indra Dance, I'll show you him. And he was just very simple. He's just doing the best he could do and whatever it was is what it was. It wasn't anything special. And then, 97, 98, boat festival, I think. I remember Govinda starting to come around and trying to get involved. 97, 98, 99, 2000, maybe by 2001. I can't remember all the dates clearly. I think by 2001, he pulled out for whatever reasons. And it landed on me. Darwin was quite young, like 15 years old or something. And he, he, you know, he understood Murdunga, but he was still new. And I was like in a very experimental stage in my Murdunga progression. So he was trying to keep up with it, and it was difficult. He was still learning some things. But then, um, I think at a certain point, can't remember what year again, Govinda came back around the scene. It wasn't in Saffron then. And he started learning Murdanga himself from Pankaj. And then Govinda started training up and sharing those Murdanga mantras with Vrindavan. And then Vrindavan went with that style. So like Vrindavan and Govinda very much got into the Murdanga mantras. The, you know, the specific detailing of the fingering and like that. More classical approach. I stayed with the freestyle. I much preferred that.
And then in 2003 winter is kind of when Vrindavan really got more involved in some kind of lead role to an extent. Because he was still quite young, so he didn't have the stamina to do the hours. You know, when Ayanjapur got in his zone in Kirtan, he would go for three hours sometimes, three and a half hours. And your body better be ready for that. Most drummers will burn out in an hour and a half, two tops. Yeah, it's not a competition, but it's, it's again, like the body's got to be ready for that, you know? And your mind, it's actually just the mind. The mind is fully absorbed in the name, in the ecstasy of the kirtan. You can go forever. But the second, we, I used to have this saying with Ayanifu, the second the kirtan ends, call the medics and the stretcher. <laughs> dead but he could go when he got in a, in a flow he would just go he could go a very very nice thing I used to do he would dress the deities on the weekend and then after Shima Bhagavatam class he would do kirtan in front of the deities that he just dressed for an hour to 10 sometimes to 10.30 I've even been in kirtans with him where he takes it to 11 And that would be Saturday and Sundays. And then later, I don't know, some temple management changed. They just this, did this really weird thing, which was never done in Kimbalvan before. They decided, after Guru Puja Kirtan, to take... Well, there was never a Prabhupada Murti brought from Prabhupada Samadhi to the temple room, to Guru Puja. We just worship Srila Prabhupada, as every temple does. And then after Guru Puja, the Kirtan goes straight through. And it's Jayam Vishnupad, Premadwani, everyone pays their obeisances. And by the time they get up from paying their obeisances, it's Jaya Radha Madhava, straight into Bhagavatam class. Some individuals like came up, hatched up their own speculative idea to get a plastic proper deity. Me and I, I gave me the term. I got it from him. Plastic proper. Because, you know, the brass murti you can install, there's the prampatistra. So it was just like, what's, you know, anyway. So they go to this little plastic prop and Murti and they bring him to Darshan Arti and Guru Puja and then go around the temple three times and back to the Samadhi. And so while the deities are out, then there's like this 15 minute gap. We do Kirtan in. But then quite often we'll end when the Darshan door is shut and it's 8 o'clock time for class and the Bhagavatam speakers, Jayarad, and the temple room's empty. And there's this pumping Kirtan and prop of Samadhi still raging. And then by the time that ends, he's already on the verse, and the devotees just space out all over the place, go eat some snacks at the bakery, and sit down and chat, and shoot the breeze, and no one stays for class. You know, that was never the case. It used to be Bhagavatam class straight away, and then class would promptly end at 9, and then he'd do kirtan to 10. Of course, we have the chopper shift going along during the Bhagavatam. Any function that goes on in the temple room that's not chanting the Mahamantra, we're chanting Mahamantra on our, on our Japa beats, keeping the holy name going by Tulsi. Japa Kirtan, he referred to it. So the Mahamantra has never stopped in Krishna Baha Mandir since Ayanaru re-inaugurated. It was going on. There is some history. You can interview Hari Suri Prabhu to get the early history of what was going on in Prabhupada's time and after Prabhupada's time and how it stopped. And, but all I know is for me is when I re 
I know the history of how he restarted it, reinaugurated it in 96, sorry, 86, 86 yeah. and it hasn't stopped since. The Maha Mantra continuously resounds in that tambura. Never stops. And the Abhishek Kirtans were like something else. I don't know if it was Abhishek Kirtans. The original Abhishek's, everybody stood, like Radha Raman Temple. Everybody's standing. And you can actually fit more people in the temple room when everyone stands. And you know, devotees can kind of sway left to right and move a little bit during the Kirtan, during the Abhishek. And then once the deities would go, back behind the curtain, everybody would just, just jump. Because if you're already standing, it's so much easier to dance. When everyone's sitting, it's so difficult to get anybody on their feet. What to speak about getting them to dance, you know? But then that same group of managers were like, oh, we want quiet, contemplative kirtan, everyone must sit down. And you know, when you sit down, you fit half the people in the space because everyone's legs is, you know, when you stand, you could fit three people in the same place one person sits, standing. So it kind of changed. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows it wasn't about the Abhishek back in the day. It was about the Kirtan. Abhishek meant there's a ripping Kirtan. You know, that's what it was. <laughs> the Abhishek was like a secondary thing going on. It was the kirtan and the whole temple room jumping. But actually, Srila Prabhupada inaugurated 24 kirtan himself at the installation of the deities here. The famous quote in Bhagavatam and in the histories and the memories, Prabhupada says, the real installation is the 24-hour kirtan. We only did all the pujas and called the pandas and all the Vrindavan Brahmins because they would criticize if we didn't follow all of their rit the rituals and procedures. But the real installation is the Samkirtan. The Lord stays present through the Holy Name in His deity form. And Andrew always had those box harmoniums. He would have his own personal harmonium. There would be a temple harmonium and he'd bring his own box harmonium down, tied up with a shutter. And he'd sometimes go into ecstasy and dance with a box harmonium. Carrying that and dancing around with that. When he had good health. Like you did yesterday, <clears throat> when you stood up during the kirtan. Yeah, we didn't use the harmonium though, but I challenged Amal. I said, come on, put your chatter out, tie it up on the harmonium, like I used to do. Yeah, but he had a lighter one, I guess, to carry or was that? The other one is quite heavy. Didn't matter, man. <laughs> I entered danced with his box harmonium strapped, tied on him. Oh, with the regular box one? For hours, I've seen him do it for hours. I kid you not. He would just transcend the body. On the turn of the millennium, 99 to 2000, he did kirtan from 11 o'clock at night till Mangalarti. He led Mangalarti. Serious. 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. he did kirtan. 
straight, non-stop, Y2K. That was the first time Krishna Bhagavan Mandir opened up its gates to the public for night kirtan. And every year since, we open up the, the, the gates to the public. Or now, not so much now because somehow the public get intoxicated and drunk. But at least for the, the devotees and the life members in the guest house and people from the MBT. There is some screening. So we don't want the drunk people coming in the temple room. But the temple room packs out and we have this midnight kirtan straight through to celebrate the new year. Questions. I'm just that was a blast. Just going with the flow. Yeah, that was really awesome. You answered all my questions without me asking any of them. <laughs> so I think I'm I'm just going to to ask a personal question mm -hmm. to close. Um, well, you you left Vrindavan. I think last year to go to Mayapur and live there with your family. Yeah. And last April. Last April. And you're going back and forth still? Yeah, I still have some, I guess you could say, obligations on Rupert's deities. And I do yoga tours as well. I take yoga groups around. It's part of, yoga? That's part of how I. Uh, maintain my, my family life is that I take yoga tours around India. I'm like a guide, bring them to Vrindavan for three nights, go to the Taj Mahal, go to Jaipur, Rishikesh, like that. I, I'm actually doing Ashtanga yoga. Ashtanga. Ashtanga. It's a bit more serious in some ways. It's a bit more challenging. Hatha is kind of more of the north. It's more predominantly from the north. And Ashtanga is predominantly more from the south. It's a bit more physically challenging. It's mentioned in Sastras, Hatha, I mean Ashtanga. It's just a very ancient system of yoga. It's mentioned in scripture. But it's just the door in which I let people, we open up and let people come into Vrindavan and get them to sit down in the kirtan. Party. Yeah, I, I gave Ayanapu 10 years. He got the 10 best years of my life. He got the best peak youth years of my life. I would say, you know, roughly from about the age of 20 to 30. You know, he, I mean, I remember, I don't play Murdunga like I used to. I know that. I'm like a retired Murdunga player. That's the way I understand it, personally. In my 20s, I could, we were going for it. I had health and energy and youthful energy. Tear that Murdunga to pieces, four hours straight, no problem, without sipping a drop of water. Just full power, full energy. Ayanapu, you know, sometimes I describe him like an, like an octopus. It's like his eight, the eight arms just reaching out and grabbing all these young men and sucking up all their youthful energy and engaging it in Harinam Sankirtan, burning it up in the fire of Yagya, you know. He was an expert at doing that. He could go. In a kirtan, he could go. Hour after hour after hour after hour, no problem, no registration of time in consciousness, just full absorption. You ask Madhava, I think Madhava did like an eight-hour kirtan with Anjir once, straight, non-stop, no toilet, no water, <laughs> straight.
straight. No stopping for nothing. Full absorption. That's samadhi. Yeah, so I gave him 10 years, like 5 years in saffron, and then, I mean, the last 3 years of my saffron life with Ayendra, I fundraised for him. I would go and do Sankirtan and collect in Australia during the winter, come back in January and give him money. Three winters in a row. And then, you know, when I took off saffron and put on white, I became more like a bachelor. I had some family obligations to take care of my parents and like that. I still would give him regular donations. Towards the Kirtan party. Yeah, for the Kirtan party. I bought all the air conditioning in there and, you know, like helped build that ashram up. Ram Roy gave him a big donation in Rishota Mas 2001, I think it was. And Ayurveda brought a huge water filtering system and supplied the whole temple, Brahmacharya Ashram with, you know, because when, when I joined that department, there was no drinking water. It's nuts. There was no proper drinking water on the campus for the residents. It was tough. So he installed like this water filtering system and, you know, whatever whenever people gave him money, substantial amounts of money, not to mention figures or individuals' names, he would immediately engage it. His principle was to live like a Brahmin, performing yagya, training up other devotees how to do yagya. Harinam Sankirtan is the Yuga Dharma, it's the yagya of the sage. Then he would get into studying Prabhupada's books and sharing that knowledge. And if people gave him donations, he would immediately engage it. He uh, went with Mahaman Prabhu, some town not far from here like a big city that just make chandeliers and lightings. And he bought, still to today, hanging, still in the temple room, two chandeliers. I think one in the back, one in the front. Yeah. Huge ones. Yeah. I think the temple, Mahaman Prabhu, he paid for the big center one, and Andrew paid for one of the side ones, uh, smaller one, and one smaller one in the back. He wouldn't stash money. He wasn't a stasher. He would immediately engage it. And I saw that. And that was kind of my role. I tried to... I've seen people rip him off a lot. With his, when, when it got transferred from cassette to CD to digital, to actual CDs, compact discs, then there were some people... He was an artist, I mean, in some ways. He was a sadhu. He wasn't a businessman. He didn't know people had like a hidden intention, a hidden angle, like a business angle that they would just take advantage of him on. So I started to protect him financially. And like, if he was gonna make some kind of financial decision, we would talk first. It wasn't compulsory, but he would want my angle on it. And I'd tell him, okay, he could cheat you like this, he could cheat you like that, he could take it this way, he could take it that way, and we'd just angle the thing out together. And I'd give him my opinion on it and leave him to do whatever he wanted to do with it. Not to mention names, who those individuals were. I did that to him. And then, you know, of course, people started bootlegging and everything like that. And he, you know what he said about people bootlegging his CDs and copying them and stuff? He said, well, 
find it's a compliment that anyone would want to do that <laughs> my kirtan. He didn't think much of his kirtan. Of his, you know, he was a perfectionist. He told me, he said it took him months to do one track of Vrindavan Mellows. And it still wasn't perfect. He says, you hear that? You hear that thing there? I said, I don't hear it. He says, no, rewind it. Listen to it. Like a tiny little mistake. He says, yeah, it's a mistake. You know, I was going to scrap the whole track because of that and start again. It's like a perfectionist, you know. Such a perfectionist. Wanted it to be completely first class. And I, I mentioned to him, why don't we go to studios in Delhi? And, no, no, no. Don't you understand? It has the potency because it's being performed in Vrindavan and being recorded in Vrindavan, in the temple room, in front of the deities, in my room, in front of my deities, in Vrindavan. You know, you listen to those recordings. He produced that in a rural village in India with analog equipment in the 90s with power failures, with no battery backup. And when, and when the power failed, he lost everything. There was no like saving backup system of memory. He had to start it all over again. And he said it was so nerve-wracking because at any moment the power could just fail. Load shedding, you know. It was like. See, I gave him ten years and then another five years as a married man, which was very challenging. I had the wife and baby at home and then the ashram the other babies in the ashram to deal with. It's just like, what's going on? I became, I became like a big daddy or something, you know. Sometimes dealing with a, a, a group of adult men can be like dealing with a group of kids. I mean, sometimes it can be like that. I don't know, it was, it was fun. It was, a, it was a wonderful service, but after five years of that, I just realized I got, you know, I got to spend more time and focus on family life. Makes sense. And so that's why we moved to Mayapur. And there were some nice kirtans in Mayapur also. And there was supposed to be a big temple coming up and a big project. And there was been some discussion with Martanda and other devotees there. Like, like, like let's start a real solid Vrindavan-style 24-hour kirtan in the, in the temple. I spoke so, to him also. So that, you know, I remember discussing this with Ayinga Prabhu. You know, what's the point of the whole... Okay, Prabhupada wanted the TOVP. But what's the point... If none of the pilgrims chant Hare Krishna, what's the point of it? Great, they see a chandelier of the fifth canto's description of the universe. They get a beautiful darshan, a bit of Mahaprasad, a Charnamrita. But what about the kirtan? If there's no focus for kirtan in that temple, it's just going to be like a museum or something. I don't know. I'm sorry I'm a little candidate in my approach to what I have to say. It's just going to be all about the pilgrims putting their one rupees in the donation box and money. If there's no Harinam Sankirtan being the foc focal point of that project, or any project, it's just going to be a business thing. But our real business is to chant. Prabhupada says that. Our real business is to chant 24 hours a day, if not at least 12 hours. And that's a statement before another statement, which is, resolution, they make a resolution, then there's a revolution, then there's a dissolution, and there's no solution. The only solution is to chant 24 hours a day, if not at least 12 hours a day. Proper. 
look it up in the folio. His own words, in response to the GBC. What, you know, about GBC resolution. You make a resolution, then there's a revolution. <laughs> Prophet Sensi Hero, amazing. How are you, well? Sujit, look, look. You come, no, back off, back off. You come, this is in between Vrindavan and Mayapur because what Srila Prabhupada wanted was the devotees to spend Gorpanima in Mayapur and then come to Vrindavan. It used to be called the Mayapur Vrindavan Festival and Srila Prabhupada's instructions, you can look it up, was first take the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on Gorpanima and then you can approach Radha Krishna in Vrindavan without offense. Most devotees, they'll just go to Mayapur Festival or they'll just come to Vrindavan for Karti. But that's not what Prabhupada wanted. Prabhupada wanted the devotees to go to Mayapur, take the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and then come to Vrindavan. Yeah, used to do it like that. Yeah. And when one does that like that, there's such an experience. And then we have our boat festival, there's some few parikramas and like that. Yeah, but Vrindavan, Mayapur is considered non-different. So, actually, it's more like we're spending almost four to five months in Vrindavan, from Radhastami to, like, just after New Year's, and then we're in Mayapur straight through to, like, April, May, when it gets a bit hot, and then we go to England, Europe, June, July, like that, August, come back in September, three and a half months or three months. Oh, where are you staying? Stay in England around Bhakti Antamana area and get some work, or do some work, make some money, like that. Remember, you were going to go, you invited me to come to a festival or something in Switzerland. Yeah, we have two Bhakti festivals in Switzerland. You know the dates? If you can email me the dates, I can look at our schedule. We've made a schedule. We're going to be in England at the end of April and the 1st of May for a Mind Body Spirit Festival in London. We're kind of getting into my wife dances. And yeah, you mentioned I, I do that. seminars and, on I spoke to sutras. to the devotees about it. And yeah. I do workshops on Kirtan now as well. and. That would be really nice, yeah. The one festival is at the end of July, mm. last week of July, and the, the other one is I'm the first week that. of August. Yeah, it's tight. Always the same day. End of July, there's a huge 600 devotee festival in mainland China. I might be, we might be going for that. Let's see, it's, it's all up in the air. That was part of why I pulled up back from management among many other reasons, was I wanted to be able to be a bit more free to share Ayendra around the world by sharing my experience of him with others and inspire other devotees to do Kirtan. Because that's partly what I was doing as a bachelor for the last three years before he left his body, 2007, 2008, 2009, and 2010. I don't want to like try and blow my own trumpet, but I, you know, started that new, restarted that new Vrindavan 24-hour Kirtan festival. 
you ask Malati, ask the management, and they will know who did it. It was me. I mean, I'm not. It wasn't me. It was Ayendra Prabhu working through me. And then we started this Kirtan festival in Mayapur for seven years. It was called the Panchatapa Abhishek of the Holy Name. <laughs> because it grew out of the Panchatapa installation in Abhishek in 2004. And we ran that program 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. That's also during the time of Prabhu. Yeah, he went to Mayapur, stayed in my flat every time, six years. 2010, I kind of like did something, but you know, just told you know, Sachina Maharaj and Yashomati Maharaj, he said, okay, we're going to start Kirtan Mela. On the exact same dates. It's exactly the same festival program, it's just different management. One devotee describing is the same drink in a different bottle. But who built the foundation for that? I think Ayendra Prabhu. New Vrindavan 24 Kirtan is probably <clears throat> when it started to spread across the world to different Kirtan festivals in all countries or in many countries. And, yeah. Well, where does it all come from? Of course, yeah. From Ayendra Prabhu's commitment to pure devotional service. From this one simple sadhu doing pure bhakti, pure devotional service in Vrindavan Dham, he created a kirtan revolution within the society of Gaudiya Vaishnavas. I'm not saying within ISKCON, I'm saying within this community of Gaudiya Vaishnavas. He created a kirtan revolution. Sujit! I think I'm going to, okay, to leave you with that. No problem. Well, we'll we'll thank you so again. much. All right. Like maybe a second part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sometime in the future. Hari <laughs> Bhav. I close the door. Hari yeah. Bhav.
As you might have realized, I didn't actually have to ask that many questions. They were all answered by themselves. It was all pouring out of his heart like a natural flow of love towards Ayinra Prabhu and Kirtan in general. Thank you so much for sharing these wonderful pastimes and realizations, Gopal Prabhu. This is very much appreciated and hopefully we can do a part two sometime in the future. Although I already interviewed many of Aindra's close associates, there are still many left which I haven't been able to meet personally yet. If you know any Kirtaniyas who you think should also be interviewed, even if they were not close associates of Aindra, please help us to get in touch with them, or conduct an interview with them yourself and send us the recording. We will be more than happy to include it in one of our future episodes of the 24-hour Kirtan podcast. Recently, Vibhavari Prabhu kindly sent us 8.6 gigabyte of recordings from Goranga Kirtan Festival 2014 through 2016 in Ukraine, which will be going through quality check in the next couple of weeks and then be streamed as usual on 24hourkirtan.fm. It will also be available on our new Kirtan app, which allows you to not only listen to the radio stream, but also to create custom playlists of your favorite Kirtaniyas and Kirtan events. The app is still in alpha stage and available from the Google Play Store for testing. Apple users cannot install the app on the Apple App Store, but have to install the Test Flight app in order to do that. If you're curious about the app, please visit 24hourkirtan.fm/app for more information. If you visit any local kirtans or bigger kirtan festivals that are worth recording or are already being recorded, Please help us to get in touch with the audio engineers by forwarding them our email address or simply referring them to our website 24hourkirtan.fm. Although there are so many smaller and bigger Gaudiya-style kirtan events going on all over the world, we rarely receive good recordings or any recordings at all. We therefore need your participation. It should be mandatory for all these events to create good quality recordings and share them with 24-hour kirtan radio and the worldwide kirtan community. In case you are interested yourself in recording kirtans, there's a link to our community forums in the show notes which explains the requirements for good quality kirtan recordings. It's not so difficult, although a regular smartphone is usually not enough. For the next couple of episodes, we have prepared something very special, which was initially produced by Ram Chandra Prabhu for new 24-hour Kirtan party members at Krishna Balaram Mandir. But let's hear the video's original introduction by Kavi Chandra Prabhu.
Hare Krishna, we're here in Sri Vrindavan Dham in the Krishna Balaram Mandir and we're standing just outside of Ayodhya Prabhu's room. We're making this video for all of the new 24-hour Kirtan devotees to give them a solid understanding of what Ayodhya Prabhu's vision was for the 24-hour Kirtan and what the standards there are to be followed when you're doing the Kirtan. We're going to be hearing from all the devotees who were directly with Ayodhya Prabhu and who got the instructions directly from him. And they're going to be sharing some of their experiences and stories on this matter. This isn't just for the 24-hour Kirtan devotees. This video aims to serve all the Kirtaniyas of the world to give them inspiration and some guidance when it comes to doing Kirtan according to Ayanya Prabhu's standards. So we hope it inspires you. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. That's it for episode number 24 of the 24-Hour Kirtan Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or to our newsletter, which also notifies about new episodes. Stay tuned for never-before-released live Kirtan with Aindra Prabhu, recorded by Vrindavan Prabhu on the 28th of March 2009. Radhe Radhe.
Thank you. 